We all had moments where we wish we were part of someone else's family. However, some people are born or raised in families that are not their own. This reality can be triggered by several unavoidable events or decisions. Overall, this brings into question the idea of nature versus nurture. A seed can be planted, but its source of water can come from anywhere. I have two guests here who have a unique but similar experience as it relates. Come inside. So both of you were raised by an individual or individuals that weren't your biological parents, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. So starting with you, Chris, um, kind of give, I guess, the audience kind of a, like just a short background on, you know, who you were raised by. Um, Then, Michelle, you can uh, follow. Okay. Okay, okay. So uh, basically since the age of, I want to say, nine months or a year, uh, I was actually raised by my aunt and uncle, uh, my biological aunt and uh, my uncle by marriage, of course. Uh, it's been that way since uh, the age of 18, actually. So uh, my aunt left the relationship. So it's been just me and my uncle since the age of eight. Okay, so starting at nine months, you were raised by both your aunt and uncle and then your uh aunt and uncle split around the age of eight and he he raised you from eight to 18 basically correct correct and what about you michelle um so i was raised by my adoptive parents since i was fresh out the womb essentially um but i was not like my adoption was not confirmed until the age of five so from birth until like five I was in foster care but I was in like permanent foster care where I was only in one household okay so your adoptive parents initially started off as your foster parents correct since birth and then they officially or legally adopted you at the age of five correct okay cool um so Michelle um were you raised by in a two-parent household, or was it just one parent? Um, I was raised by in a two-parent household, and like Chris, for my entire life until now. Okay, and Chris, you mentioned you started off, you know, with two, and then ended up just with your uncle, right? Yes, uh, didn't always. I didn't have uh, like my uncle and I didn't get uh, custody, full custody. Uh, I think my mom always had the temporary custody, so we never got that done. Okay, so throughout the 18 years, it was just kind of one of those, they were like your guardian versus like a, a like a legal uh, situation, I guess? Yeah, uh, they were just uh, yeah, legal guardians, but never like actual... Uh, Adoptive parents. Actual. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, either of you can start. Um, describe, I guess, the environment that you both was you know, were raised in. Um, and if there was any change during that period, you can, uh, you know, add to that as well. Um, so, you know, what type of neighborhood did you guys grow up in? Um, I guess I can start. Um, so I lived, I actually didn't live in a neighborhood, um, but I did live in like a predominantly white community. Um, and where was this? This was in Mechanicsville. Virginia. And for the okay, for those who don't know, Mechanicsville is is like the side chick of Richmond, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. It's like, I, it's, the, like uh, its own little like silo. Um, but yeah, I so like growing up, like um, my house is behind my grandmother's house, um, and then uh, just like I guess like a little history, like my grandmother sold the land that like our family owned. Um, and then they built like a, two subdivisions around us, but like I don't like I don't associate with that like the neighborhood essentially. So it's just like our house, my nanny's house, and then the neighborhood around us. Okay, so you essentially grew up in a house. Yeah. And it was that I mean, over the eighteen years before you became like a legal adult, I guess eighteen mm-hmm. years grew up in a house. Oh, okay. Yes. What about you, Chris? Um, 
what word what type uh, of environment yeah, did you grow up in? Well, for me, it kind of started off. Uh, I was actually in a suburban neighborhood um, out of Chesterfield, Virginia. So, oh, that's uh, the uh, bougie much... side chick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess you could say that. I had a, like a lot of diversity early on. So, like, I've had uh, numerous. Like, I had white neighbors. I had uh, Hispanic neighbors, uh, African American neighbors, and stuff like that. Kind of grew up in a household with. Uh, a big family, kind of like, like I said, it was just it was me, and my brother, and co- a host of cousins, okay. and uh, we just kind of like all got grouped together. And but that was up until, like I said, the age of eight, uh, before my uh, aunt and uncle split, uh, ended up moving to Henrico and uh, ended up in uh, Section Eight subdivision. So if you want to say it, subdivision, but seems you like ready, it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, or, right, where I met or, you, or we were introduced. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess you know at the start of your uh, upbringing, um, I'm, uh, I'm assuming your your education or your your schooling kind of reflected where you grew up, right? Initially, and then for Chris, when he moved into the quote unquote hood, he probably went to a more of a you know uh, urban school, I guess in a sense. Um, I guess was there any like what was your like religious upbringing? Was there any you know, religion involved in some of your early upbringing? Uh, me personally, uh, yeah, I did. I've, I've always had early religion, um, starting from Christianity. So uh, I was in church every Sunday. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> every Sunday, couldn't get a break. But uh, it definitely was there, played a huge uh, factor. Uh, the school, like I said, coming from a a uh, more diverse school towards now just uh, going to a school where it's predominantly African-American and uh, having to go in from a classroom into like a trailer classroom, which not to say like, you know, uh, anything like that out of any other. Uh, I can't explain that, but it's like, well, that you know, was we went to a classroom you- setting to uh, actual at the time the school was renovating. So they were put us in trailer classrooms I was like you know kind of confused towards that like wait is is this pretty normal um definitely kind of played a factor towards I mean a yeah, lot <laughs> and sometimes the trailers were also like a response to just overcrowded classrooms uh-huh. which you see a lot in a lot of urban yeah. schools um yeah. so what about you Michelle um I know we've had conversations about you being in the choir so I'm assuming you were you know brought up in the church as well Yes, yeah, so I was brought up in the church, and we were probably in church like five out of the seven days out the week, um, because there was like always something going on, whether it was like choir rehearsal, praise, dance, Bible study, uh, or what have you. And I just remember being in church like all day on Sundays, um, <laughs> <laughs> like especially if I went to like my dad's church, like we would be in church all day long, like not counting like we just had Saturday service. Um, versus like my mom's church, like, you know, we would just go to church just that one service and like, okay, I'm free. Um, so yeah. Do you, do you either of you guys, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Chris. Uh, were they like, did your mom and dad have like different religions? That's why was it like separate churches? Yeah. So my mom, so the church that my mom went to, like my mom, like grew up in that church. Um, like literally since she was a baby. Um, and then actually the church was like right next door to us. Um, so we could like walk to church. Um, and my dad, he, um, like his church was Presbyterian. Okay. Um, and for and then, some of those who don't know the difference, what is that? I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you, you went to both, you, you, you know, you probably attended. So yeah. what was your experience? Like, you know, not to make this about religion, but what was your experience attending both churches? Like, uh-huh. what did you see as the difference? Uh, for the difference, I feel like I might, so Two things. So my dad's church, like before he like went into like ministry, he did attend a Presbyterian church and that church was a little bit more conservative, um, essentially. Um, And then when my dad went into ministry, um, it was more so geared to um, Kojic, um, like um, Church of God in Christ. So, you know, like shouting music, you know, that type of deal. Um, More more praise and worship. For sure. Um, and then, like I said, we would be in church so, all day. Um, so do you guys feel like your the environment 
just early on and then just your involvement in church kind of helped rear you um just just prior to you know knowing that you were i guess being raised by a person or persons outside of your parents like do you think that was a factor in your upbringing or a, an important factor in your upbringing i would say so yeah i can i can agree it it, it was mm. it definitely so how would you both label yourselves or um and and this is i guess prior to your realization that you you know weren't being raised by your natural parents so i guess um before we get into that how do you guys today or just in hindsight label yourself your experience your upbringing far as you know because i mean by definition a foster child is someone being raised by someone who's not their natural parents did you either of you consider yourself like a foster child or did you like how did you define yourself I actually didn't define myself as anything because I um, actually didn't find out about like me being in foster care, me being adopted until like later on in life. Um, So for me, Mm -hmm. like my parents have just always been my parents. Um, And like we were a foster home. So like we always had like foster kids like in and out. Um, But to me, like, you know, it was like my home, like until like I was older, like I, I wouldn't have known the difference. Okay, so you said it was like a foster home, so there were, of course, children in and out. So were you like the permanent, I wouldn't say resident, but were you like the permanent yeah, child? Yeah, so, um, like, I have, like, actual, like, older siblings, um, so. Are they foster or are they biological or both? Both. Okay. Well, I don't know, so, it's my, my, like, whole, like, situation, like, it's complicated, but it's not, like, complicated, so. Um, I have two older siblings, I'm sorry, three older siblings, two brothers and a sister, and they are actually like blood siblings. And so my parents adopted them. Um, and then, um, I had three cousins, three guy cousins that were in foster care that my parents raised until they were 18. Um, and then I come in, um, so like out of them, out of those six, the first six, um, I was the only one that was like, it has always been in like our same house, raised by the same parents since I was born. Um, and then, you know, we had foster kids, you know, at our house, you know, in and out. Um, and then my, we had one foster child. He was there, then he left to go back with his parents and then like his mom, I'm sorry. And then maybe like, Three months later, he was, like, back with us. Um, but also with him came two of his brothers. Um, and then my parents ended up adopting him and his two siblings. Um, and then... Um, How many bedrooms did um, you Wow. Six. <laughs> yeah, six bedrooms. Um, and my... And then after them, you know, we still had foster kids. Um, and then we took on two more uh, that my parents ended up adopting. So, like, essentially, my parents didn't have, like, natural children. Um, yeah, so okay. they adopted all of us So while oh, also okay. having foster so Chris, kids. So, Chris, how did you – did you give yourself a title? Or how did you define yourself uh, knowing your experience? I, I sort of kind of didn't give myself a label, but at the, some points in life, like, I, I kind of started to kind of just come into cope, like, okay, this isn't my parents, like, my mom, my dad. These are not, you know, they're actually just family members. So I kind of just took on that, that, that idea and role as I got older. It took for me uh, up until, I guess, I want to say... I didn't find out or any know anything about my actual parents. Probably just just everything, the story, the backstory behind everything about my parents until I was probably about eight to ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting, I think, with my my mom. I learned at eight, and uh, towards like ten, I found out about my dad a little bit more. So uh, just overall, as I like said with my aunt and uncle, uh, at the times I. I always looked at my uncle as I was I always thought he was just my dad. I, at an early early age I for some strange reason even with a even with a, a like a color uh a this uh I'm sorry I can't even get it out. I like color complexion mm-hmm. for some strange reason I didn't like 
for some, I just thought he was always my dad. Like me being light, he's being darker. My aunt is a little bit lighter. I always thought they were just my mom and my dad at one point. And as until I got to eight and older, I started to realize like, okay, I'm actually calling them an uncle. Why did I, why did I get, I didn't process that these weren't my actual dad and mom. Like, oh, so, okay. So y'all both kind of touched on your realization that you guys, um, you know, were either one adopted or weren't being raised by your biological parents. So, um, I guess what age were you both? And was it something you stumbled across or was there a conversation? Um, I think for me, it was a little bit of, a little bit of both. So I never really like stumbled upon it. It was just like one day I just kind of got like curious um, just because of like our household, um, knowing that like, you know, we did keep kids that were in foster care. I did inquire one day, like, am I in foster care? Like, and. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's um, so it wasn't that you knew you just because everybody around you were foster kids or adopted uh, that you kind of was mm-hmm. curious what like with about your own yeah. um I guess yeah okay. um and then my parents they did tell me that you know that I was adopted and honestly I just left it at that like and what age um I would have to say I was probably like eight or nine okay and what was your reaction uh was it oh I was just like did you cry no. or were you surprised or were you like oh I no I was just like oh okay like I remember like it happened like we were outside playing or something and I had like just asked my mom and she's like oh um you're adopted and I just remember just being like okay and then just kind of just going on about my business and like that was like that was it for me um was there ever like a serious conversation about it later? yeah probably when Down I was like 13 or 14, um, my, like, my adoptive mom ran into my biological mom in Walmart. And, and I, I guess prior to Walmart, was there any, did they have any communication? Yes, they did, which I actually did not find out about until a month ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, a month, well, a month ago. <laughs> uh, I'm 28, ago. yeah. <laughs> yeah um so like it's interesting so like with my like I guess my story with adoption um actually really did not gain really much insight into it until like recently um just because I've just never really had any interest okay I mean it's it's because you kind of you started Mm -hmm. from birth I mean essentially so I I get it what about you Chris how what was that conversation how did you well you you always looked at them as your I guess aunt and uncle so family and but when when did you realize um, that what this isn't dad and this or this isn't mom? Yeah, I, I mean for me, I've uh, kind of it's a little different. I've always pretty much knew that they weren't, but at the same time, I it was just like I said, how I perceived it, how I looked at it. Uh, they were always there for me, so uh, kind of more so like I said, leaning back to when I was eight or nine or ten. Uh, I didn't know anything about like I've I've knew my mom pretty much. My mom used to actually come around because that was my aunt's uh, sister, and <laughs> she was allowed to come around and stuff like that. So I knew who she was, but I never knew exactly why she wasn't around at those times. Uh, I never got curious until, like I said, probably about eight or nine or ten, and I kind of remember just uh, having a drive with my uncle, and it was just me and him. And it was like on a late night and I, I got the same thing. I got very curious and uh, I wanted to exactly know why my mom wasn't around. So we had that conversation and uh, I'm not ashamed about it or anything like that. Uh, I actually talk to my mom very frequent now. So mm-hmm. we, uh, to the point now we're okay. We're sharing each other's story. And uh, like I said, my uncle that night, it was kind of emotional for me because I didn't really uh, understand exactly what he was t- talking about and he explained that she had a drug addiction and I didn't like I didn't really process it but then it came process I knew what it meant uh, and I, I, it became a very and, emotional and this was at the age of 8 or 9 or uh, 
what age were you when this conversation was being? Well, you know, when you had this conversation with your uncle. This was exactly. This had to be at least. I'm sorry. This was ten to eleven. So ten to eleven years okay. old. Uh, I had that conversation. Oh, interesting. I guess. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I was going to ask Chris a question. Okay, um, as far as like, um, like, how did that conversation go? Like with your mom when you like asked her. I guess, like, started in that phase of, like, building a relationship with her. Right. Uh, well, that conversation became kind of, I, I feel like our, between me and my mom, we've always had still the, the fact that I knew her. It, was, it wasn't it was like I could see any wrong in her. For, at a young age, like I said, still knowing who she was, I just never could have seen any wrong with her. And to the point now, like I said, with our bonding conversation, uh, she's always been upfront and pretty much honest of everything that went on in her past mm-hmm. and why she wasn't there. So I've come to the realization that kind of just accepted it and it didn't hurt as much. Uh, just like I said, knowing from, I had to learn from my uncle, but I think that was the only thing that kind of, you know, touched my soul a little bit is the fact that I had to find out from him instead of exactly her. But mm-hmm. once we actually sat down and talked, uh, everything went pretty smooth. I, I mean, like, uh, it was tensions were high, but at the end of the day, it was a uh, like I said, very emotional and loving conversation to actually have and find out about. Okay. Now the reason why I ask is because, um, like, I do, like, I know like who my like my biological mom is. Like, I know where she lives. I actually, like, kind of sort of talked to her the other day because I'm close to my biological brother and they live together, um, but. I, like, I just haven't gotten to that point where I, like, want to know, essentially, like, her reasoning, um, like, behind, like, the decision that she made, Um, I guess, because I really don't have any hard feelings towards her. Um, I'm just more so, like, grateful than anything. So that's just something that I've been kind of, like, wrestling with recently as far as whether or not am I willing to make that step and make that effort to ask and get to know more about her um, and things like Michelle, that. So. Not to cut you off, Michelle, but when you say grateful, are you saying like grateful that sh- you were placed with a yeah. with family? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Michelle, you did hit on another thing and you mentioned, you know, you d- kind of have a relationship with your biological brother. So I'm assuming your mom raised your biological yes. brother? Um, yeah. So- so how, knowing that, you know, your mom didn't raise you and you do have biological siblings, um, not to get, you know, too deep mm-hmm. into it, and for you, Chris, as well, because um, I know you have biological uh, siblings as well. I, I can't recall if they, you know, were raised by your mom and dad or not. But, Michelle, how does, for either of you, how does it make you feel, and if Chris, if this applies to you as well, how does it make both of you feel that, you know, you were in a sense, I don't want to say given away, um, but uh, raised by someone knows when you do have siblings who were raised by your biological parents. Um, I don't feel any way about it because also like on my like biological side, it's a lot of us as well. It's eight of us total. Um, and none of us was essentially raised by her, uh, but they were raised by family members. Uh, yeah. Okay. But biological, your biological. Yes. Side. On my biological side. Um, okay. so for me, like, I don't really feel a way, um, it's just a, I don't know if I'm at liberty to speak on it, but with my younger brother, um, you know, he has his own relationship with her. Um, he's probably like the closest with her out of all of us, um, because he was raised by like our biological, like grandparent. Um, okay. Which were probably yes. her parents. Um, okay. Yeah. Which makes sense because of. You know, grandparents tend to take the role of the parents, especially if it's right. So, yeah, so that's where like that whole relationship um, between them two come into play. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, for uh, for me, uh, I do have an older brother uh, on my mom's side and an older sister on my dad's side. Uh, like I said, with my with my older brother, or anything it didn't really. Uh, it didn't really hit and touch on anything because for the most part, he was with me as well growing up, mm-hmm. but he did have most, he did have an opportunity to actually 
live with her and uh, spend more time with her than I actually had. And I mean, okay, same for my dad, kind of. Let me just clarify. I want to clarify something. Um, so, you know, you say your brother did visit. Um, so was your brother being raised by your mother? And he was just visiting you when you were with your aunt and uncle? Well, well, or was he being raised by someone else? And then it was just kind of like he was privy to being around your mom and then privy to being around you. Well, before I was actually even in the picture, um, my mom and brother had that relationship before. Like I said, it, then she stirred, you know, another path. And uh, but my brother and I were raised by my aunt and uncle uh, after okay. the fact. So, Okay. And then, so you did speak on your father a little bit too. Um, how, what was, you know, because you did mention that, you know, your mom kind of, her absence was due to, you know, just substance abuse. Um, your father's absence, I mean, how, what was that due to? Was that, that's, it's a similar area. Uh, both of them, uh, were abused with drugs and the substance. So uh, with him on that area, I kind of still to this day haven't fully touched on this topic. And as much as I did with my mom, like I said, with me knowing my mom a little bit more, uh, it was a little easier to kind of talk on. And uh, to this day, like I said, I've met and spoke with my biological father and whatnot, but we just still haven't had an actual true heart to heart about what exactly happened on his end. I'm just, you know, learning things through the grapevine as well. So about him, you know, what used to bother me a lot growing up with you, Chris. What's that <laughs> about your father? He used to live right down what? the street. Yeah, yeah. How's right that? Down the street. And I never knew Chris because Chris. I mean, I knew Chris' uncle to kind of, you know, I knew a little bit of the story. Um, and I knew he, I knew I met your mom a few times, but I never heard you speak about your father, and I never really seen him. And I think I seen him one time, and it was just like, oh, Chris does have a dad, and it was just kind of like, oh, he lives such and such. I was like, that's a mile down the road, like, <laughs> one mile down the road, uh, even less than that probably. Uh, to this day, still, you know, still down the road. Wow, <laughs> actually, like, actually closer. <laughs> yeah, I guess for him it was out of sight, out of mind. But um, so. Okay, so we did speak about, you know, um, Michelle, I think you did touch on that you really never asked or you never knew why your mom did, uh, you know, give you up. I mean, I'm um, sure. I'm not going to say I'm sure, but I'm almost certain that um, it's due to substance abuse. Okay. And I think that really, I mean, for our substance abuse and especially when it, um, you know, it, it gets to a point where you're, you can no longer parent. I think that's so prevalent. And I'm not saying, I'm not generalizing, though. But what I'm saying, I think it's very prevalent in our community, the black community, where I think where the result is can be your situation, Michelle, or your situation, Chris. Um, do you both believe that the parental absence was, one, either in avoidable or two, unavoidable? I mean, I guess with substance abuse, some people really don't have a choice in it. It's kind of something that just takes over. Um, so how would you guys, do you just feel like their absence was avoidable or unavoidable? I'm not quite sure what you mean. Meaning, do you think they had a choice in it? So, okay, they, you know, substance abuse, mm-hmm. right? Some people will probably say, um, you know, for example, I would define being incarcerated as something is unavoidable, right? If you're in prison, you can no longer at that point parent mm-hmm. your child, you know? So do you think that you, this, the drug use prevented your mom from being a parent? Or do you, like, how do you, like, I don't want to answer it for you. I just, I mean, if, in that, if you don't have an answer, that's fine as well. Because um, I know with certain situations, like Chris being raised by his aunt and uncle, let's just say they were his biological parents, and they split or divorced, then his whoever he, like, he ended up with his uncle, um, his aunt being away probably was a unavoidable separation or absence, being that they were, parents were no longer together. So I was just curious to see if you, either of you felt if their decisions or their, their reality was avoidable or unavoidable. And if, 
there's no answer. That's fine as well. Uh, I can go ahead and I guess answer a little bit on that. Uh, I I kind of personally feel like it could have been very avoidable. Um, uh, just kind of you know touching with my mom's side. I like I said I don't know too much about what my dad and why he took that route, but I mean from my mom's point of view and seeing things from her way. Uh, she's she grew up pretty much with family. Like I mean, she's had uh, what four or five siblings, and uh, they were always close. Uh, and like I said, even a a host of aunts and uncles. Uh, we were always kind of like a, a more of a tight knit family together. So even though they kind of grew up, and like I said, uh, urban black neighborhood and stuff like that, and you obviously have things going on around you, I, I kind of always told her, I was like, you know, I think you really could have been in a situation where you had uh, those above you uh, being uh, mentors towards you. Uh, like I have aunts and uncles who are very well, um, they're very well successful and very well in, in health and like I said, they've always looked out with her being that she was the youngest. So uh, I looked at it like, I mean, again, then again, I don't know exactly what at that time what her mindset was like and why she kind of trailed that way. But just my perspective, I thought that it could have been avoided um, heavily, especially even because, uh, again, she had my brother and she was, you know, perfectly fine in in that time frame when having him. Uh, like my brother actually, like I said, came along into the family. My uncle probably saw when he was around six or seven, maybe even eight, or like I said, even older. But he wasn't as young as I was coming into the family. So uh, I, I don't know, like I said, exactly where that misdirection went. But I do kind of feel it could have been avoided. Did you want to touch on this for sure? Um, I don't really have anything to add to that. All right, well, let me let me ask <laughs> this then. Um, um, I think I don't want to say Chris kind of alluded to it, but I think this kind of sparked one the next question I have. Uh, do you think your I'm just gonna call them at this point? Um, I'm, I'm, no, because I don't want to confuse people because they probably don't know who I'm referring to. Okay, so do you think your, I guess, uh, adoptive parents for Michelle and then your aunt or uncle or both for Chris, um, do you think they played a role in your parental absence? Meaning, was there ever a period where your biological parents did come into the picture and say, hey, you know, I want to be more involved or I want my child back or I don't know how the conversation went, but was there a conversation or did you come to knowledge of anything that alluded to your parents? Because let's be honest, when you're being raised by somebody for however many years, when that biological parent does come back into the picture, there's some territorial kind of aggression. Like, no, I've been doing it. There's no need for you now. Right. Um, so I guess, what was that like for both of you, if applicable? I guess I can start. So there was an opportunity where... Um, like during like my first five years of my life where um, my biological mom did have the opportunity uh, to like visit and like spend time with me um, just because like based on, I guess, like the agreement that was had um, at that time was she had visitation hours, um, but she just never showed up. Um, and so okay. that, you know, that was how it was for like my first five years. So there was, so you're, 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 uh, adoptive parents didn't prevent her from being involved no. throughout the year. They would we would show up okay. but she wouldn't. Okay. Were they were, were they active in I guess in her not having visitation to come see you or having visitation but not, you know, taking that um opportunity did your foster or adoptive parents were they more passive when it came to you or more aggressive in okay, she won't come here so let's take her you no. to her. Oh, no. No, we, okay. like, my mom told me that they would always make sure that I was where I needed to be um, okay. every time, and she just never showed up. Um, and then there were some instances where um, I would actually go over to where my um, 
biological sisters were, like the like the like the household that they were being raised in, for us to even spend time together. Uh, and this was at a younger this age. This was at a younger older? age. Like I don't even remember this okay. happening. Um, but okay. learning about it, like about a month ago, like I'm like, oh, it, for me, it just didn't click at the time. Um, but yeah, so I there were times like in a younger age where. You know, the opportunity was there. It would, it just never happened. And for you, Chris, um, do you feel like your un- uncle or other family members play a role in your parents being absent? Was there like, you know, do they keep them away or do they always keep the door open? Uh, yeah, my my aunt and uncle, they never, never. Uh... I've never allowed my mom or uh, dad to never try to be a part of my life. Uh, I think that they were always a little more aggressive towards trying to get their them in my life, especially my an uncle towards my mom. They were always on top of trying to uh, make sure she had her, her stuff together before even coming along. But there has been recents and stuff like that where before I became 18 and whatnot, where my mom was gathered her life together a little bit more and she decided she wanted me to come and move with her to another state. So um, at that time, I mean, my, my, my uncle, it was just me and him, obviously uh, he, he did fight it a bit more, but just because at this point he's like, you know, I'm, I'm almost pretty much grown and there's no need to kind of like try to fill in those voids where it's probably never, ever going to ever be filled again. Uh, so as uh, far as my dad goes, uh, it actually took for my uncle to actually go and find him. And I think, like I said, he ran into him or uh, ran into him at a store or something like that. And from there, that was when I, like I said, I got a chance to actually meet him and find out where he was stayed and stuff like that. But it was never a pressure to kind of uh, get him as well in, in my life uh, on that end, I feel like. It was more, like I said, pressure towards my mom, but because she was always still in and out. So, do you think there would have been more of a pressure if you guys were raised in a household or an environment where it was toxic? I guess because uh, not every adoptive or foster situation is perfect. You know, you can go into a house where it's just hell. Um, do you think if that was your experience that you guys would have been a little more leaning? to have that pressure to want to get to know your biological side or your parent? I don't think so. And I only say that just because that just wasn't my right, my reality. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I was uh, anything toxic like that. I, I think I was actually on a, a, a straight path mm-hmm. with the family I was with. I mean, I, Cause I, I, mean I know of, I know of, I mean, not, I'm not going to, you know, speak specifically to them but i just know of two um cases where they were both females uh one isn't a part of my family one is uh, where they both were raised by somebody that wasn't their parent and you on outside looking at you would think okay they did a pretty good job right but as they got older they the structure became you know, I guess, I guess most kids, the structure becomes too much. You kind of want to do your own thing. But in that, in their situation, their rebellion was, well, I'm going to leave this situation and go with my parent or parents. <laughs> so I know it was where, like, you would think, like, wait, these people don't raise you for 17 years. You want to wait till the last year to kind of say deuces. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, I'm going to live with my mom. And I know for the one, the individual in my family that made that move um they move from a few states away with their mother for i think it was about almost mm-hmm. a year and situation wasn't better mm-hmm. um they end up getting pregnant coming back with babies and now all of that is the other the person in my family who raised them's responsibility now so it's just kind of like it's, it's it's a weird situation I mean, not to get too deep into that. I just want to kind of throw yeah. it out there. So I mean, I, I yeah, can speak to that. Like that. Yeah, I was going to say my brother was like that. Um, like when he turned 18, it was like, well, when I turned 18, blah, blah, blah. 
So, you know, he made that decision, you know, when he turned 18, um, he moved a couple states away to um, be with his mom and only to find out a couple months later, like, he's calling my mom, like, I'm so sorry, like, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. can I come back type of deal. And my mom was like, I literally tried to tell you, like, it may be what you think you want, but it's not. But at the same time, you're at that age where you can make that decision for you, like for yourself. So, yeah. And I- I think the only reason I kind of brought that up is because whether I don't, I'm not saying this is true for you, but I just think sometimes that there is an urge to really want that bond or relationship that sometimes we could jump ship just to get a taste mm-hmm. of it. And then trying to climb our way back in. Cause we were realized like, okay, it was 17, 18 years for a reason that I didn't have a relationship mm-hmm. with you. So, so let's let's just I guess move past that. Um, so let's just I guess you know as it relates to because I always have this thing, especially as an adult now, where I always say a relationship means more to me than a title, right? Um. So I think a lot of times we take titles for granted, especially family members. And I always say, I don't care who you are. If I have a better relationship with you and it's a healthy relationship, whether that be mom, dad, sibling, whoever it is, if I have a better relationship with a stranger that I developed over the years and you kind of fall short in that bond, then I myself... um I put uh, the title beneath the relationship and that's just over the years. So just to kind of bring it back to you both, um, do you feel like being that you weren't raised by your biological parents, that the title really isn't as important as the relationships you develop? Um, I mean, I don't refer to like, I call my biological mom by her first name. Okay. But I mean, no, what I'm saying, so being that she's your mother, do you respect her being that she is your mother or is just like, okay, we don't have a relationship. So your title really is void. Oh no. I mean, I respect her for who she is just because I was just raised to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you never have a moment to say you ain't my no. mother. <laughs> no, like, because uh, honestly, like uh, the conversations you... don't, it, the few conversations I've had with her, they last all of like a minute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, Hey, how are you? Well, okay. All right. So what about you, Chris? Do you think title, like your mom or dad being dad, that kind of meant something um, or should have meant something? I do feel like it should have meant something. Uh, to this day, I do both refer them still as mom and dad just because, like I said, that's the actual name and title. I mean, just growing up as I learned. But uh, I think also it just reflected back because my aunt and uncle never – they never kind of – force that or put that upon me to call them dad or call them mom. So, uh, like I said, they kind of still made it to where I, I should know exactly who they are. Uh, but I do, like I said, uh, I think that is something that you should have to earn exactly a little deeper than just that title. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just out of respect, like I said, I do just refer them as mom or dad or something like that. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's just deeper than a title though. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I was more so, okay, just, I think I could put it more so this way. The whole, um, I'm sure you both probably have heard of the whole nature versus nurture thing, where, you know, nature refers to, you know, the genes, your biology, and and nurture, you know, your upbringing. So you guys both kind of, I feel like, fall into that whole nurture kind of category versus somebody like me where I was raised by my biological parents. Um, so, yeah, that's basically what I was getting to. So I think um, you guys both have proven that uh, n- probably in your experience, nurture, the side of being, you know, nurtured is... Uh, strong. Uh, is, is stronger in your cases than uh, nature. Um, were there any... Um, you know, behavioral or emotional impacts um, 
as it related to, you know, when you did become aware that you were either one adopted or not being raised by your uh, biological parents, like whether that be abandonment issues, depression, uh, delinquent behavior, et cetera. Like, did any of that occur in either of your lives? Not for me. Because... Okay, mechanics. No, I mean, I'm just, I only say, <laughs> I'm not saying like, okay. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm an actual okay, angel. Like, I never got girl. in trouble. I mean, <laughs> I did get in trouble, but I feel like I was just so busy with extracurricular activities. Like, I just didn't have the time to, like, entertain getting in trouble. So, you never ran into a situation where you're kind of sad or depressed or. Just, I mean, now as an adult, like, you but. Grew... <laughs> no, but as it relates to, you know, your, your whole parenting situation. Like, do you have abandonment issues from it? And if you don't, that's fine. I'm not trying to like throw these attributes on um, you. Either. I think that, that that whole like abandonment conversation and just like, I guess like feeling alone, I think that's just a whole other topic. <laughs> but it doesn't relate to just being not, you know, not being raised by your biological mm, That's a whole nother there. <laughs> oh, okay. What about, what about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are, yeah, you know about me already. Because uh, if you, I mean, I can, you know, if you need a hug, Michelle. I, I mean, a hug would be nice. It's been like five months since <laughs> I've been able to hug anybody, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, what about you, Chris? Um, do you feel like there were any, you know, behavioral, emotional impacts as it related to just your upbringing um, in the absence of your parents? Yeah, majorly, uh, majorly. Like, uh, I think early on i kind of some would see it as that but early on i didn't see it as that um a little more in towards i want to say my teen years and like i said a little bit after finding out about a little bit more uh in general with you know you guys probably used to tease me a little bit about it <laughs> so oh yeah and i think i don't mean to cut you off chris but i was when i was uh, you know preparing for this conversation i was thinking like oh my god like we said i see you're a bully no like we i mean so michelle didn't grow up in the hood so she really don't know but like in the hood we take your darkest yes things and we would use them against you like so we it's just i mean we it's like you love each other but when we got them bullets we don't use them um, (laughs) we definitely i definitely i definitely we no not just i but we definitely use that against Chris. Yeah. God, it was terrible. But go ahead, Chris. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that definitely played a factor for me. I mean, it kind of took me up to a lot of sunken places to think that I wasn't, you know, I was going to end up kind of exactly like my parents and whatnot. Uh, but just genetically wise and whatnot, I just thought at some point this is going to be me. I'm living in this predicament uh, where I didn't want to be in. And it was just kind of like, you know, I miss, I want my mom and dad around. Like, I've always wanted those parent figures. But uh, at the same time, I think also having my uncle around, it did kind of help a little bit more towards that, but it definitely led me to a lot of sunken places and, you know, acting out a little bit more just for some attention and, uh, yeah. I, I, so was your uncle more like an anchor? Like he kind of, even though you did have probably your moments, was he, did he keep you kind of grounded oh, most, without going yeah, too far off? Yes, most definitely. I, I mean, I, I couldn't thank that enough with them, um. Uh, he did. He he's he stayed on top of me. I mean, I couldn't do anything in times where I thought that it was a bad thing that he was on top of me the way he was. And like I said, seeing freedom from a lot of my peers around me, I'm like, they get to go do this, but I mean, I can't do this because he was there to make sure and stir me a little bit different. So it kind of definitely grounded and anchored me towards now where I can I'm able to use it and understand it was for all great good. So okay. And I kind of did speak on, you know, us picking on you, Chris, about, you know, just knowing you were raised by your parents. Um, so how did you guys break it to you? I mean, I guess I don't know how we, I found out that your uncle was your uncle, Chris, but I guess, Michelle, like, how did you break it to, I guess, your friends or like, did your friends know you were adopted or like, did that just come later? On? Um, yeah, that came like later on in life as far as like my friends um, knowing um, that I was adopted. I want to say it was probably like my 18th birthday um, when I found okay. out. So how would you, I mean, so looking at where you guys are today or even where your parents, your biological parents are today, do either of you feel that you're better off or 
that you would have been better off with their participation or involvement or upbringing? I'll let you go first, Chris. Okay. All right. So me personally, I I do think that uh, I was better off without them, to be honest. Um, I, I just think that like, because having the conversations with mom and dad now, it's kind of like listening to them is just, in general, They, I don't see them as being a little more as grounded as having my aunt and uncle around where they were, they were very stable. They were very, uh, like I said, stayed on top of me, heavy, and were, were able to show the love and, and affection, whereas I don't think at the time, those times, uh, if I would ever be with my parents, it would have been that way. Uh like I said, I, I had the chance to experience a two-parent household, so to say, and like uh, with my mom and dad being split uh, at an early time, it was I would I don't think it would help me being just here with mom one moment and then possibly if I ever knew my dad at that time or whatnot being with him, I don't think that would completely would have helped versus me like I said having the experience of having a two-parent at one point time household. So. So is there some range of appreciation for, you know, just them stepping up in a sense? Um, who's that? I'm sorry. Uh, your uncle and for Michelle, her adopted parent. Oh, for me, yeah, uh, it's a lot of appreciation. Even uh, like I said, even after my aunt's kind of split, I, I still have a lot of appreciation for. Her. Uh, like I said, this is my my mom's sister at the end of the day, and. Uh, uh, just I was just very appreciative. She's definitely showed me a lot early on in my early stages of life. So, do you feel like you have to pay that back? Like, because you know, some people have that burden where they're like, you know, they'll say, you know, or they'll think to themselves, um, you know, you didn't have to. So, do you do either of you always? Do either of you feel like, in some way, you have to pay them back, whether that be just. <laughs> When you know when I get on, you on, or you know how most people say, or you know, just make sure you do well so that their their um, sacrifice kind of paid off. Um, I mean, I'm very appreciative for uh, my adoptive parents. Um, I like I don't want to say like I don't feel like an obligation, like I owe them, like you know, when I come up. Um, I mean, we've had those types of conversations before, and literally my mom's response is like, the best thing you can do is for me not to have to pay a bill that belongs to you. <laughs> uh, so for her, she's like, that is enough for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I can kind of agree with, with the same thing Michelle was saying on that. Uh, like I said, just in general, I think that both of them would want me to be very successful. Mm -hmm. And, and whatnot so like just being the best that I can be kind of would show them like okay they're they've done their job right and I think like I said, this is a choice that they made to take me on in the beginning anyway so it was not like they were obligated to do anything uh so my choice is to like be the same with kind of being the best I can be from what they've given me Absolutely. and just making them proud as much as I can can I mean yeah and staying out of trouble so like just Stick. They always say just stick to your values, stick to uh, like you have a good head on your shoulders, like literally just go out and just be successful and love everyone, respect people, you know, the whole yeah. <laughs>
say my aunt or anything like that. But uh, I do just believe that um, it's it's uh, it's, it's kind of peaceful. I want to say I think like a lot has been forgiven and it's just been on the table to where I'm at the age now. I'm just able to say, hey, I'm just going to be able to do what's best for me, and mm-hmm. they're doing best for them. But like I said, we're, we're, we're here now in this point in our life. And the best thing we can do is just try to talk and, you know, get each other up to date on things and just express how we ever feel about a situation or something. So, uh, so you don't feel like you missed out in a sense? I don't. Uh, a little bit. Or you don't feel like, okay. I mean, you know, there are circumstances now. So do you feel like, you know, you know me looking at I don't, I don't feel like you missed out, but right. I can't speak for you. <laughs> right. Um, um, I think the only like just in general, I, I kind of I feel like I missed out just a little bit with my mom um, on that end. Uh, like so, my brother was he kind of took it upon himself to go and uh, try to revamp that relationship, and me on the other end, I kind of just duped it out uh, and tried to do it from a distance. So. That's that'll be the only thing I can say. I kind of feel like I missed out, but overall, everything else, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about you, Michelle? Do you think your relationships are better or worse? Um, or I think same? my relationships are the same. Like I'm still like my relationship with my parents are great. Um, my relationship with my biological mom, like I mean, it it is what it is. Like it's it's never real. I wouldn't even necessarily say there's really been a relationship, really. So it's all the same to me. And I've noticed that you do like when you refer to your adoptive parents, you say yes. parents. And I, when you say your, when you speak towards your mom, you say my biological yeah. mom, which is, I, it's, it's unique to your experience. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Um, so, do you after you know getting to know your parents, um, do you guys feel like there were some similarities outside of just oh I, they we look alike? Uh, was there anything like oh we walk alike or? You know, we like the same foods. Like, was there anything like that that you guys picked up on or noticed? No, because I haven't been around long enough to notice or pick up on any of that. What about your siblings? Like, do, do you feel like is anything even with them that you like? Oh, you like that too, or you know, I don't know, maybe not. not. Really. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Michelle just had the good life. No, I mean, but I think for <laughs> me, it's just been like a low key like coping mechanism. Like, it's just easier to kind of just like not really like think about that kind of thing um I will say like with my older I'm sorry with my younger brother that I just started building a relationship with him at like at the beginning of the year um like I guess like I noticed like our just drive it's like like we both um just like our drive to just be the best person that we can possibly be like we just work hard we grind like I noticed that like similarities and just like I guess like personality traits um but yeah yeah how about you Chris do you feel like you know you when you 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 only interact with your parents you kind of notice things that you you guys do that's similar you know you chew gum the same I don't know I know a lot of people (laughs) tell me I mean I mean me and my dad have the same walk I don't see it but I guess we do (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can be honest. One thing I do see just between me and my dad in particular, we are really kind of both really are kind of a stubborn. Like we are really stubborn together. It's 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 really weird and awkward to see that because I was just like, I I sit here and wonder sometimes like, okay, I might procrastinate. Then I look over at him or something. He might be doing the exact same thing, procrastinating or being very stubborn about something. And it's like, Oh, like he's he as a kid and stuff. I realized like I used to be very in denial a lot. So now I look at the same thing with him. Like he was very in denial, and it's like in denial about you know the relationship or just you know not you know your I guess he cut corners. One of the guys that kind of cut corners. I guess like he wants to kind of beat around the bush and not exactly speak on a lot of things. Versus where I I've kind of grown. I kind of grown out of that, but I used to be like that a lot. Like it took for me to see him being that way to realize like, okay, I'm doing the exact same thing and being this way, being a little stubborn and uh, in denial about a lot of things in life where I know it actually is facts. These are facts here and I'm hearing it from other people. So uh, yeah, (laughs) 
I can see that area. I mean, as far as me and my mom goes, uh, we got a tendency to talk a lot. <laughs> I can see that though. <laughs> we definitely talk a lot. So I'm like, I'm just guessing that's the. I guess that's just the passionate or the passion in us. I guess I want to say. If I had to see some similarities, but I mean, so I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't share the experience, you know, the upbringing like either of you have, but I think that, you know, I was raised by a single mother um, and Chris, you know, I grew up kind of around Chris majority of that time. So he kind of knows, um, but I did have my father in my life. Um, you know, we didn't grow up in the same household, but I still feel like just hearing you guys explain both your situations, it kind of, kind of, it kind of, I think this is another conversation, but I think it can pull some of those same characteristics into it, into where some people, some of the experiences of people raised by single parents, because um, in a sense, when you're being either raised by one, the father or just the mother, you can, still have a sense of parental absence. And then, um, I mean, I think it, it becomes more aware when you become an adult, just in reflection. Um, but like I said, that's a whole nother uh, conversation <laughs> yeah. for another day. Yeah. Um, but what, I guess to close it out, what type of advice would you give um, kids, you know, that are going to potentially grow up not specifically the way you guys individually grew up, but how, what type of advice would you give a child who, I guess, isn't being raised by that biological parent? Like, what would you, is there something you wish someone told either of you or kind of, you know, reassured you now that you are adults and kind of been through it? Uh, me personally... Uh, my biggest thing I would want to say is, I mean, I learned this from my uncle. Uh, he He's always given this advice to me. It's, it sticks with me to everything. And he says, uh, you're in the world, but not of the world. Uh -huh. So uh, pretty much I, I take heavy heed to that, knowing that me being an individual I am, you got to still show love. You yeah. just have to be a loving person, uh, despite what other people are going through and uh, their trials and tribulations. So you just have to realize that, like I said, you're just an individual in the in the world, but doesn't mean that you have to be of it. So take the best, um, take just every day as a step, and realize that, like I said, you just have to show yourself as a loving person. Absolutely. Uh, you may have to forgive. Forgiving and loving. So. Also, to like build on that, I would have to say um, that one, it's okay um, to like ask questions. Um, Correct. number two, I would have to say that to just know that you're not alone. Um, it wasn't probably until like within the last couple of years when I actually like started being more open um, about the fact that I was adopted. Um, and then just like, like finding out that other people that I, I may have known or like crossed paths would also share like a very similar experience. So definitely like you're not alone. Um, and then also, how would you I'm sorry sure. not to cut you off. So um, how would you say that a, maybe a kid, let's say they found an early age, um, how should they start that conversation with that parent or adoptive parent pertaining? Um, I think that it would just kind of just all depends on like how much that child is like, like wants to know um, and is yeah. comfortable okay. with like comfortable with the answers that they may receive. So I think it's definitely okay. have to be something very natural mm -hmm. um, in order to just go ahead and have that conversation. Yeah. You guys don't feel like there's a level of awkwardness? Because even when you mentioned earlier, Michelle, how, you know, when when you, your mother said, yes, you're adopted, you kind of just said, oh, it <laughs> ran off. So do you think that, that you running off was uh, just reflection of your insecurity and just knowing um, I mean, when you put it like that, maybe that could have been why. See, we get it. So we, we I get mean, it too. No, like, no, like maybe that could have been why. But also, like I said, I remember that day pretty vividly. And I just remember like my cousins and stuff being at the house over the summer and like 
I guess not at the time, like not really caring to know much more. I think at the time, like, I just wanted to know, like, am I a doctor or if I'm not like, like, that's just in that moment, I that's just know. what I wanted to know. Like, I didn't care to know anything else. Like at that point, it's like, okay, I got my answer. I'm going back to play. So. Okay. But. Well, I mean, is there, are there any questions that either of you, you know, like to ask each other or anything else you would like to add? Uh, No. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty set on this. I'm actually pretty glad we had this. Yeah, same. I almost feel like I was like kind of like really trying to like figure out like if I was ready to have this conversation and just be open about it because it's not something that I talk about ever. Um, so for right. me, in a sense, this is kind of like therapeutic. This is like a little therapy session. Well, I'm happy. I when I was when I was thinking about you know just trying to pull you guys into a episode, I kind of was like, hold up, you know, I think this would be. A, good topic to discuss because I really don't I really never really had a perspective when it came to it because I, I mean I've spoken to you both individually about it we don't really mm-hmm. get into it I mean I've I've kind of grew up in it I'm not gonna say with Chris but I kind of did with Chris meaning that you know we were both young and in the same community neighbors mm-hmm. basically so his and his like I kind of considered his uncle to be my uncle right um because he we would just have such a tight relationship um but I appreciate you guys you know coming and participating on this episode um i definitely think people will appreciate this conversation just the perspectives that you both brought um and you know i hope to have you guys on in the future um to expand on either anything we discussed Mm -hmm. today or something new (laughs) so uh (laughs) thank you again yeah thank you thank you for creating a safe space definitely definitely So this sums up this week's episode when the streetlights come on the podcast. Please remember to make us a part of your weekly routine so we can make you a part of ours. Continue to like, share, comment wherever you may find this podcast. Remember, stay lit and stay lifted.